Sovereignty on this first day of the week, Sunday, not the Sabbath. So, you know, beautiful day today. Um, it's nice where I'm at. I know we've got people out of answers complaining it's a little cold up here in Michigan for him, but that's why I'm in Florida. So, <laughs> uh, I wasn't uh, complaining about the cold. <laughs> well, I'm sure we don't have choice, snow. So. <laughs> Yeah, right? Exactly. Exactly. But um, we're going to have somewhat of an open forum uh, this evening. I do have a guest who's going to be joining us here shortly, uh, Nene, and he's going to be sharing with us his experience uh, being locked up and his pro se method of getting released. Um, as well, he should be bringing somebody else along with him, hopefully, a uh, girl from Holland and some filings that she's going to be doing at The Hague. Uh, regarding our right of self-determination and um, the rights of indigenous peoples. That should be very interesting as well. And uh, and like I said, this is what it's supposed to be about, is each other teaching each other about things that we've learned and what we've found out in some of the different processes we've done, what works, what doesn't. Um, It can't be legal advice. It's impossible for it to be legal advice. In fact, Anywhere you go to get any, either across your arm or leg, or they're not allowed to give it to you. So we've got to give it to each other. Um, but prior to the call, uh, Sheila was speaking about some things that she's done and stuff like that. And if you wanted to continue on that line of conversation, Sheila, uh, feel free. Are you still with us? Sorry, I muted myself. Yes, I am. Um, No problem. That's cool. And I do ask if people aren't talking or asking a question to mute themselves out just to make it cleaner sounding for less background noise. All right. Yeah, so, I mean, I, you know, was just sharing uh, the amendments that uh, I did after the uh, name change in probate court. and. you know, if anybody has any questions about that, uh, it was just pretty pretty interesting. That to me, the most interesting part was, um, you know, how there's the three digit numbers for every state on the long form of the COLB. Um, mine was changed from 104, which is California, uh, to 105, which is Colorado. And I know that Colorado is is the regional kind of headquarters, or whatever, for the area that I'm in. Um, so that was interesting, and then they added the full year of the event instead of the last two digits year of the event on the birth certificates. And um, I'm not sure what it what it did for me yet, but my my adult children now all have new two page birth certificates, and and it says on their actual uh, certificate of life birth that the mother is an American national, a Californian, which is decreed by California Superior Court case eight nine three six four. So, um, pretty stoked about that. Not sure what it really means, <laughs> but um, you know, it's, I feel like I'm kind of getting somewhere. I feel like it was a little window. I'm not sure, if, you know, if I can duplicate anything anymore. I mean, that's what's so crazy about all of this stuff is, is that it's kind of hit and miss. And um, the other interesting thing that is, is that I, I have my uh, endorsed, authenticated birth certificate in possession um, in my uh, county of birth origin uh, with the clerk in the civil 
matters down there, and I've sent her a Form 56 uh, and asked her to register the memorial, you know, and so that's, you know, obviously some of the, you know, Kurt's, Kurt's words, and, and, and so they didn't know what to do with it, and I said, well, send it to probate court, and probate said court said, oh, no, it needs to go to this court, and so then now it's sitting in this court, and I think they tried to send it back to me a couple of months ago because I missed the certified mail. I don't accept any mail, actually, but... um. Anyway, so they're sitting on it. It's endorsed, payable on death, transfer on death, which the old cat person is definitely dead uh, now after the, the name change. And um, I we noticed, uh, we did some copyright notice and trustee notices in the county of, of origin, um, appointing all those. And they ran for four weeks. And um, you know, I've been basically left alone by a lot of law enforcement or kind of hot and heavy there for a year or two. Seem to have a lot of issues uh, here uh, with some bad tenants. And then uh, one of my kids had a warrant out, and so we were getting harassed on a regular basis. He was helicopters and everything, and um, all that has calmed down to, a, to zero. Um, I had a, a tenant here, and I was actually out of town, and I guess he was a little wacko. And um, the... Um, they had to, well, my neighbors actually called the sheriff because the, the people that are guests here know how I feel about the police coming on the property, so they didn't want to call them, but it was actually kind of semi-life-threatening. So one of the neighbors called the sheriff, and then my other neighbors were like, um, what was all that that was going on? We saw all these sheriff cars flying up the road, and, and she said, my husband was kind of joking. I was probably going to your house. And I go, they were, you know. And uh, But so he, uh, my neighbor, my other neighbor called the sheriff uh, the next day and asked, what was going on 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 this road, you know, last night, and and they said nothing. So, um, one of my other neighbors, uh, you know, asked me to, to contact the mosquito abatement because there's standing water in the creeks and stuff like that. And I called them, and just out of courtesy to my neighbors, and you know, I was going to add an affidavit for them to sign that it's private property. I was going to let them come on and treat, you know, the standing water and stuff like that. They never called me back, so. I don't know. Something has happened where I, I'm, I'm being totally left alone. Uh, the Sebastian, well, the city police, I'm two blocks outside of the uh, city limits, and when that incident happened with my tenant, he brandished a weapon on another tenant, and um, the city police didn't step foot on the property. You know, so the whatever the chief of police for the city, I'm outside their jurisdiction. Anyway, but normally they don't have any problem just walking on the property and knocking on all the doors and asking any kind of questions they want. But everything's quieted down quite a bit, which is actually nice because I don't wake up every morning thinking that I'm going to be surrounded by a SWAT team. So um, something's working. Not sure what it is, but something's working. So I'm noticing, noticing everybody. You know, everybody gets a letter from me. Um, I also, uh, like I said, don't accept any mail. Um, I printed out uh, labels that say uh, undeliverable as address returned to uh, sender contempt of court, and then I put my court case number on there. So anything that, that doesn't have my proper silent status or the proper silent status of the name on it, I just send it right back to them. Um, they sent a uh, – there's three houses on the property, and they sent a consensus form about three weeks ago to – to the to one you know little house that I'm in, there's you know rear house at blah 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 address, and I'm like it's not consensus time. This is weird, and so I just put a sticker on it. That said there's no residence here, there's no wards of the state. Sent that back. They sent me another one. Um, put the sticker on that one. Sent it back. Um, 
sent me a third one about four or five days ago, and it was in the mailbox opened. So um, sent that back with an affidavit and a you know, power of attorney and sent that to the Postmaster General and back to the U.S. Department of Commerce Bureau. So I think they're still kind of testing me a little bit to see you know, if I'm going to recontract with them or, or whatever. But um, anyway, like I said, compared to the last couple of years, it's, yeah, I, and I hope that's true for a lot of people, it seems like 2015 and 2016, like, you know, there's just a lot of stuff going on. But um, I'm hoping that we're getting on, on the other side of the mountain. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. You know, I've been hearing a lot of stories from different people. Um, some people who have done nothing other than the authentication, and they've seen changes occur. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty interesting. It's mm-hmm. actually kind of fun to see. Yeah, I accidentally changed my ex-husband's name to proper status, too. They just did that on their own with the amendment. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Oh, that is. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, so going ahead. I'm here. To, yeah. I'm here to learn. I'll, I'll share, you know, whatever I've done. But I don't, you know, I don't, you know, I can only speak about, you know, my experience and stuff like that. But I, I, I know I have a lot to learn. Um, and and the one thing that for some reason my heart keeps telling me I have not filed a a public UCC. I have all my UCCs and non UCCs. Um, although I do have one one non-UCC on the public record, which um, when my daughter was in court uh, made the judge cringe, and she never actually ordered anything. She passed it all off to the probation department and didn't actually order anything. So and that was two years ago, and so I know that that, that that's right. <laughs> I mean, I have to. I'm assuming I'm going to amend the one that's on the public record now because obviously we have a lot more information and a lot more collateral. Um, the other thing that we did, I tried um, to do some stuff with the Treasury Direct. I had a whole bunch of forms sent to me from friends. It was kind of supposedly being a, a backdoor into it, and we filled those all out, and then we got a couple of, uh, I got an email about, you know, sovereign citizen scheme, birth certificate, blah, blah, blah. And so I rebutted that uh, email instantly, and then I got a letter a week or so later from Rich Delmar, who's the counsel for the OIG. And it was, uh, I sent him that kind of a tongue-in-cheek letter with a lot of documents. Um, and I just emailed it to him. Um, and uh, he, he cited a couple of cases. He says, you know, this scheme has sound, you know, law. And, and I read the cases that he was talking about. It had nothing. You know, here's the civil one. And the civil one was about... A, a, a party, you know, trying to offset a mortgage, um, but the reason that the court case failed was it was failure to state a claim for which relief could be granted. And then the second case that he, you know, pointed out was a criminal case with a bunch of people doing some stuff through the IRS and actually, you know, writing checks to each other through the IRS or you know, creating businesses or something. So it had nothing to do. So there was really no foundation for his his claim, you know, his threat basically of what I was doing. And um, so then um, I emailed him back a bunch of stuff, and then we sent the letter out to the OIG. I sent all my stuff into the Treasury and to the Internal Revenue Service last week. And, um, you know, just chilling, planting stuff in the garden, (laughs) seeing what's going to happen. It'll be interesting to see what you hear back from the Treasury. 
Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they really don't have any any basis for it. And I think that there's, you know, I think I don't know. I don't know if there's a. Would you go to that birthday party? You know, if there's, if there's, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's, whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a some kind of a thinning process that they do. Uh, I, I personally don't want fifty billion dollars or whatever. I just, I really just want to be left alone. I'd rather just, you know, give it all back to them and leave me alone. Don't ever contract me, threaten me, or ask me any questions or you know anything again. I haven't worked uh, for years. I haven't paid taxes for years. I'm, you know, out as far as that's concerned. Oh. But um, I'm not looking for some big pet payday, and um, you know, it'd be nice to have some basic necessities. Uh, I also had a, a great conversation with um, the utility company because I they sent me a bill because I had to put it back in my name. They sent me a bill, and and it was to the it was all it's all caps, but it was a middle initial, not the full full name. And I told them, I said, look, you know, I've changed my name in probate court and basically I, I can't contract with you guys and I can't, uh, you can't send me a mail like this anymore because you're being contempt of court and this is the proper status of my name. If you want to send me a remittance, you go ahead and do that. But really how this works is, is that, it, you know, supposed to be, you know, discharged um, through the treasury because all of our debts are prepaid, the national banking, blah, blah, blah. We talked three or four times, really nice young guy. And then he finally called me back and he said, Okay, I talked to my supervisors, and how this works is that the money has to actually come directly from the treasury. Um, and so it seems like um, it is our either you know our local municipality, or if you're in your your county of of origin, um, it's that treasury treasurer that's supposed to kind of be your fiduciary, and then apparently they forward stuff to the United States Department of Treasury. So there's so I think trying to go straight to the treasury is probably what's causing some hiccups. And so I think I'll probably be contacting my treasurer where I live here shortly. Um, and well, who at the who at the treasury though did you send it to though? I'm sorry. Who at the treasury did you send it to? Uh, what did I send? What did, I haven't. I mean, I sent them kind of my whole whole package with my GMEI utilities and all the treasury direct accounts and my, my name change decree, my declaration of life. Uh, right, but what, what office there did you send oh, it to? In, in, it was a P.O. box in Minnesota, 6104 or something like that. <clears throat> all right. And so, um, I, I've still neglected to look it up, but I, I really think that what we should be going through uh, was the office that Rosa Rios vacated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they're kind of scrambling a little bit right now because they're getting hit, you know. Um, but I, I've, I've had two sources kind of confirm to me that it's, you know, we need to go through our municipality, which really makes sense because, you know, I, I originally sent my endorsed authenticated COB back to the state. And the state was like, you know, hot potato. They kept copies of everything and they don't want to talk to me anymore, but they sent it all back. Um, and then I sent it to my you know, my county of origin, um, they don't know what to do with it. But I think, I, I, anyway, I'm, I'm starting to feel like, you know, the, the, the municipality, right? We, we all know that. I mean, that's, you know, a lot of the stuff that mostly Kurt has, you know, talked about too is that it's, it's the, the, the county of origin. And so maybe that makes sense with the treasury too. Maybe, maybe we need to go to the county of origin treasurer, comptroller or whatever. And, yeah, the uh, comptroller or the CFO for the county. Yep. 
Yep. Yeah, I think you're correct. Yeah, and then and then and they interface with the treasury because I think that, um, you know, there's no, I mean, you know, if, I mean, whatever. I, I, I'm just starting to feel that that's that's probably why what I've tried so far hasn't worked, even though it hasn't been very long. It's only been 30 or 60 days, something like that. Other than these really, you know, mouthy threats that have no weight, um, they haven't, you know, done anything. So. Well, it makes sense that that would be the go-between because anything that you're doing in the county, uh, say it's something as simple as just, you know, a traffic ticket or something like that, you know, uh, financially, them hitting, whether they're hitting a Social Security or the birth bond on the backside when they're double dipping, uh, that would probably be the CFO would be the go-between uh, from you and the Treasury on, on that. Right. Yeah, I think that's kind of the, I mean, there's a lot of people, I think, I know a few people, and even like, you know, monetize the COLB, um, you know, what they're doing is they're starting up their own, and they're getting a, a whole bunch of uh, bonds, and then kind of starting their own trust, you know, and going at it that way. Um, and, and I think as a an individual, you know, going straight to the Treasury Direct, it, it, I don't think there's a mechanism in place to complete that circuit. Right. Just with the way the system is. So anyway, that's kind of my next move is you know the going going through the municipality and seeing what's yeah, there. So anyway, I'm going to yield. Well, unless anybody has any questions? Yeah. Um. Hello. Hi. Yes. Yeah, I, good evening. I I do have a question. Um, for the lady that was speaking. Um, I was trying to get more familiar with the whole process as I was, you know, like looking into it for a while with the whole um, certificate of live birth, the whole UCC, and then with the um, set-off. I ordered a whole bunch of IRS forms, and I'm trying to set off some bills here under, under my name and some other stuff. Um, I was wondering if maybe, um, are you are you on Facebook? I am, but I have... Could you I tell us who you are, please? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, my, my name is Louis. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I am on Facebook, but I, I don't really have any exposure there as far as this stuff goes. I stay private. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I I, I mean, it's just, uh, it makes me feel more comfortable, and I don't have anything to hide, but I'm just not all out there, and my life is pretty full. So I'm, I'm grateful for all of you guys that are posting everything out there, and I'm, I'm happy to participate. Um, all right. But, oh, that's you know, right. Yeah, authenticate your, your certificate of live birth, for sure. Uh, now, what would be the the best way to send it to the Secretary of State? That would be the the um, right process, right? Um, yeah, if you're lucky enough to be in the state that you're born, I would I would recommend going there physically, and you know, with your certified copy of your certificate of live birth, and you can walk out with it authenticated, and then you have to send it to West Virginia at the federal level to get the Secretary of State there to authenticate it. I also heard that if I'm if you're from one of the thirteen original thirteen colony states, you don't need to get it authenticated on the federal level. You just get the seal. It's supposed to be a seventeen seventy six seal or something like that. I've heard that too, but I really don't know about that. Right. Um, all right. Um. And with the discharging, <clears throat> I'm trying to discharge some some debts. I am kind of scared because they said that if you when you assess your taxes or any anything old. It's, you're supposed to assess everything all together, and if you don't know, the best way to find is either a credit report, and they say a credit report doesn't tell you actually everything, but a 1040 ES maybe. Is that correct? Um, it goes so deep. Um, you know, 
I, I mean, I, I would hope that that would be the job of the, the Internal Revenue Service to find all of that. But, yeah, starting with a credit report is probably a good idea. But everything you've ever done your entire life, including registered mail stickers, are bonded. I, I'm sorry, I don't understand. Almost anything that has a number on it that you've done your entire life, it has right. a bond. Oh, yeah. okay, all right, all right. Yeah, I understand now. I mean, so you know, you have to go back to when you were, you know, 16 or 17 years old and try to remember all your bank accounts and credit cards and stuff like that. I'm sure they have a master file on all that. Uh, I mean, I think the the 1040, and I, and I haven't. Well, I actually did send it out. I just signed the form. I said I have no idea how to fill this out. Please, as my fiduciary, fill it out for me. But I think it's the 1040X, and that goes back to I think three or four years. So it would be the 1040X that would bring up everybody that was hitting up the the bond or the social number. No, no, the I really don't want to do, dominate this call because I really don't know that much and I don't want to give anybody advice that I, I haven't really done. But there's a site called G G M E I Utilities. You can punch your social security number into that, and it'll probably give you a, you know one to three hundred. Uh, uh, accounts that are using your social security number and also onto the Treasury Direct um, collateral, uh, any any case number, any driver's license number, birth certificate, bond number, um, and you know, everything, and it'll, it'll all pop up there. When I begin the 1099 process, it'll pull everything up from everybody that's using my account, correct? Uh, no, I mean, I, I think you're kind of mixing apples with oranges. With with this stuff, and I'm not sure if we're we're talking about you know discharge and stuff like that right now. I haven't had any success with discharge, so and I've been trying for two years. Right. No. Well, what I was asking is about assessing to assess them, and with the mm-hmm. 1099 process, if you send a 1099A with a 1099 OID, and then um, the 1040, they supposed to pull it up from everybody, I guess, that's using your account. Yeah, that's not my particular understanding. I think that the 1099A and the 1099 OD is if you know there's a you know Capital One credit card or you know your you know whatever Verizon telephone bill or whatever. So so those 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 documents are specifically for an account that you are aware of. You know, I don't think the 1099A is is what triggers the Internal Revenue Service to do a full audit. Right. I don't know if that helps. Yeah, yeah, it does. Thank you. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was going to say that part of the situation, too, as far as making sure that everything is done. And uh, now when he's talking about assessing taxes, uh, assessing and discharge are essentially the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what people don't realize. But anyway, that's part of what you're doing also if you're going through that process is that that topic is included on your cover sheet that you send in to them where you let them know, hey, there's probably stuff I missed. If there's stuff right. I missed, please correct it for me. You know, right. you're a professional, right. not me. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm sure it's just, you know, they enter your social security number on their screen and probably 4,000 entries pop up, so. Yeah, they'll find more things than you'll ever be able to find. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, but to the gentleman that was just speaking, you know, I, I would imagine and, you know, maybe it's not even true anymore, but for me, the, the foundational document of all of that was actually authenticating the certificate of live birth. But, but I don't know. I'm, I'm beginning to think that we don't, you know, we may not even have needed to do that. I don't know. 
Uh, and, you know, I, I wanted to say something regarding that as well because I've heard a lot of people talk about uh, getting it done on the state for one of the original 13 colonies. And what people don't realize is those colonies still exist, but um, they're not necessarily what is active right now in the state. What's active <laughs> in the state right now is the corporation that's been set up. And that corporation did not exist way back 1776 or whatever, all right? And so if the government is only going to do what they absolutely are able to do and can do, they won't do anything else. Something that is outside of, like, their jurisdiction, they're not going to touch it. So if you were born, for instance, on one of the 13 colonies, and you send your certificate of life birth to... Um, who now Rex Tillerson sent it to Rex Tillerson's office for authentication. If you were to have the highest seal on it, he wouldn't be able to authenticate it, and he wouldn't, but they still do. So that right there should be your answer that, yes, even though you're born on one of the original 13 colonies, it still has to go to the Department of State for that second authentication because what you're basically doing is you're following chain of command, you know, um, you're starting at the state of the nativity, and then you're moving up to whoever's in charge of that state, who is the Department of State at the federal level. <laughs> and if you're not talking, please mute out. We can hear everything you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's... Um, you know, municipality, then the state, you know, the federals, you know, trying to wash their hands of it all. But um, each state's franchise, each municipality's a franchise of the state. You know, you just kind of, kind of walk up the walk up the ladder. And on top of it, uh, the last thing that I did, and which is the only thing I haven't heard back from. Uh, prior, prior things I did, I heard back like immediately from the judicial when I had done. But the last thing I did was uh, a notice of resignation, where I resigned from that position as agent for that organization that they created. And uh, in that, I identified the organization as that file number on the certificate of live birth. Uh, for Michigan, Michigan's number is one two one. And I've had a lot of people ask what that number means, and you referred to that earlier. And those first three digits uh, prior to that hyphen is the number for that state. You know, that's their identification number. And, um, yeah. Who did, you, who did you send that to, Brian? Uh, the resignation went to the Secretary of State for where I dwell and for my state of nativity and to the Department of State, Rex Tillerson. Oh, nice. <clears throat> and, and, and the original Frank L. Baum, when he wrote The Wizard of Oz. Can you guys, can you guys mute that one person or, or one person? If, if I knew who it was that was talking, I would. Um, talking about Wizard of Oz or whatever. Yeah. I apologize, man. I apologize, y'all. I got involved in. I'm just listening. My name's okay, Pat well, then Butler. just mute. Mute yourself so we don't have you. to listen. Okay, no problem. Thank Please. you. Hi, <laughs> May. Yes, how are you doing? Hey, uh, Little Deer in Colorado here. You said um, 
something about the GMI utilities. Uh, you can go look up something rather. Do you have a particular uh, link or, or website of where you go to look at that? Or? Yeah, Brian, didn't you post that originally? Yeah, I posted that, gosh, what, a couple years ago? But uh, it's G-M-E-I Direct. And that was created, I can't remember who, who was this created by, but it was created for the DTCC, um, the Depository Trust uh, Clearinghouse Company. It was created for them uh, as a way of being able to keep track as to who all was investing in different bonds or in different securities, such as the uh, Certificate of Life Birth was turned into a security or sold as a security. Uh, it's actually the registration for that organization that they created and kind of count everybody into being the agent for. So, so when you, what you're you saying is when G you go onto that site, you can pull up what? The different accounts? You have you have to go onto the site, just Google it, and it'll pop up. It's usually the first one. And you have to sign up, make an account, and then it'll it'll get this little box in it, and you just put your social security number in there with dashes, and then hit enter. And um, you know, mine had 165. My kids had between 100 and 165. One friend of mine had 300. Another friend of mine had 600. And basically, there's a, a number. And then a company name, and some of it's in the United States, some of it's um, in the Cayman Islands. You know, you, you basically you, know, you can just see who has. You know, either some of them are, are inactive, um, but you can basically it's a list of people that may be currently hypothecating off of your number or are currently using your number in some form or, or another. But you, it's your it's your social security number with dashes. That's all you got to put in. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, a little bit of a mind blower. Yeah. Breeze from uh, Central New York. What uh, what would they be using them for? Everything's a negotiable instrument, so I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, you looked up yours. What were they? I mean, what were they? What were they using yours for? Well, I would have to I would have to look up each individual uh, corporation or entity, and you know, I, uh, let me I have let, time let me for that <laughs> Yeah, let me explain this for people a little bit so they comprehend what's what's going on. Um, what, what happened was that um, two times ago when the U.S. government went bankrupt, which was back in '33, the problem was was that when they when you enter into a bankruptcy or another cycle, another 70-year cycle of a bankruptcy, then a whole new negotiation has to be done, and they have to know what is going to finance that bankruptcy, what, are, what steps is being taken by the corporation, which was like the United States, what steps are being taken by them to um, secure their position financially. And since pretty much everything else had already been sold off and used in prior bankruptcies, uh, including the land, then the only thing they really had left was the, the energy that was left on America. And the energy was the people and the production of the people. So what they did is then with um, that organization that's created, evidenced by the registration of the certificate of live birth, what's happening is they're going and saying, okay, 
uh, we're looking at, say, um, John Doe here or Jane Doe, okay? And let's see, did Jane and John, or John Doe, uh, did their parents graduate from high school? Yes, they graduated from high school. Did they graduate from college? Uh, what kind of a home do they own? Do they own a home? Uh, how many vehicles do they own? Uh, what kind of jobs do they have? What kind of money are they generating? Because all of those things are signs of the amount of various taxes that you're going to be paying throughout your lifetime, whether it's uh, taxes that um, go into, say, the gasoline for the vehicles or the property taxes on the home and the property or taxes from the wages or your labor that get paid in. And so they look at that and they kind of set up a criteria for this new organization that was created. And they basically look at you as a transmitting utility, okay? Because what you are transmitting is financial gain for them, okay? So they say, okay, this is what their parents have done, so this is likely the same path that this organization is going to be following as well. So therefore, we can determine that this is the amount of money that is going to be coming in to the United States government or to the Treasury, rather, um, and be created by that organization. So therefore, then they, they can kind of put a um, an amount, a dollar amount on the value of that. All right. Now, people, you know, when you when you look that up on GMEI Utilities and you see this list of anywheres from, you know, 60, 70, 80 on up of all these different companies that have invested, they have not, at their legal department or financial department, they have not gone and personally invested in John Doe and looked at John Doe's birth certificate and figured all that out and gone and decided to invest in them because of the amount of money that they may generate. No, what happens is lumps of these birth certificates or these securities that have been created get bundled together and they get classified as to their value. Uh, much the same way as what happened with the housing crisis and everything fell apart around the world because places all around the world, different companies and countries had gone and invested in these stocks from the United States and they're investing in these real estate stocks and these stocks might have been labeled as a Class A stock, for instance, which they might have been a D or a D-minus stock. They might have been crap. But we floated those stocks around the world, masquerading them as Class A stocks, which those stocks, each one would have a bundle of different mortgages and properties included into that one stock. And so, and that's supposed to help prop up the stock. If one little piece of it fails and doesn't produce what it's supposed to, that's okay because another part might outperform what it was expected to do. You know, uh, unfortunately, like with the housing debacle, the way they bundle them together, they're bundling stuff together uh, for mortgages that were created out of declared income, which basically meant people could go in and just claim that they made $200,000 a year when maybe they didn't have a job at all and they were being pushed by the Clinton administration. Um, Clinton administration was pushing Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac to go ahead and approve those loans. So that was creating all these bad investments. And so when all of those things simultaneously all together within that stock failed, 
the value of that stock dropped and people lost shitloads of money all around the world. And essentially that's the same exact scenario that's happened with the uh, security that they created through the birth certificate is that there's a whole bunch of them put together and they're kind of classified that this is what the security should produce uh, during its lifetime. I don't know whether they make it like a 30-year situation, 15-year, or, or what. Um, I guess you can invest for whatever period that you would want. So that's kind of what's happened. So when you look on there and you see that some trucking company in Iowa has invested in your security, well, they didn't just invest in your security. They invested in a security that you are a member of. There's a whole bunch of securities in that one thing that they invested in, not just you alone. If that kind of helps clarify it a little bit. Yeah, no, it does. Hmm. Um, Nene, are you on with us yet? Yeah, hello. Hey, how are you doing, Nene? Hey, uh, I guess we're going to kind of... We're going to slide away from the uh, topic that we were on. I totally appreciate it, um, Sheila. And, you know, I have these calls. You know, not just to help other people learn, but it helps me learn. Everything I've done and posted and everything like that and put in a group, the group isn't necessarily for everybody. It's for me. And it's just open for everybody to come to that wants to follow along with stuff I'm studying and learning and things like that. And one of those people I learned from is Nene. And Nene just had an interesting experience. Um, he was kidnapped from New York and taken to uh, New Mexico. And uh, he's going to come on and tell us about that. Um, has your guest been able to uh, get on with you, Nene? Um, I think they're, they're listening, yes. Okay. They're Nene. listening. Yeah. Oh. 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 How you doing, brother? Oh. <laughs> Oh, good, afternoon. good afternoon. Good good evening to uh, all all the uh, listening audience across Turtle Island around the world wide web. Um, thank you for all their support and thank you for inviting me on to to your uh, show this evening. I am a full blooded Dene and uh, under the umbrella of the Lakota Sioux Nation, which is claimed. Uh, sovereignty and has recognized independence from the government of Washington. And in that regards, I've, uh, I, I'm with the Warrior Society, the Strongheart Warrior Society, which we say Chante Tinza, and uh, we are Lakotas. We, we are warriors for our people and our clans, clan mothers, headmen, and chiefs, and we are the ones who go and go and uh, Get the get them get the medicine get the bring the things back to the people, and uh, that's what I've been doing. What you would call a diplomat is what we call the wawa Lakota, like going to to a, a dog soldier status, warrior status. That uh, we will fight the government and we will fight to the death if that's what it, it needs to to happen for our rights, our land, our children, and our future. And with with this diplomacy, I've been traveling from nation to nation across Turtle Island by vehicle, sometimes by train, sometimes by airplane, 
to help tribal members, other tribal people who who are um, interested to go the route that I ha- I have chosen, and that's to become free and independent from Washington and any any uh, system. And so it, when I when I was called to New York in 2013. I went to New York and I started talking with the longhouse there and meeting with the clan mothers and the headmen, which at that time their their authority had been uh, extinguished. They didn't no longer have any more authority as tribal clan mothers and tribal headmen. Instead, they have what is called a tribal police and a tribal chairman or or a tribal chief chairman, president, and they're just agents working for the same company that we're all talking about here, the United States Corporation Company all the way to the to the to the uh England and Britain. And so I was I, I had attempted in in uh helping the Iroquois, particularly the Mohawk tribe, to recognize independence and at this place is the head of Turtle Island. We, we, us Native people, Indigenous, we 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 still know this land that we walk upon here as Turtle Island, and the head is up there in, in uh, upstate New York. And uh, while I'm trying to help the, this tribe, I was I was um, detained there by the by the uh, tribal agents, and I was arrested, and I was. <clears throat> put a bond on me and I was charged for about 13 different charges on the with the with the diplomat passport international passport and they would take me from the reservation which is just a concentration camp we, they took me from the concentration camp mohawk turned me over to the state corporation which would be Franklin County New York Malone, and uh, they 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 would a- attempt to uh, gain jurisdiction over me. So the case out of New York, it just it just now finished in 2016 September, and I beat the the case there in New York at the head of Turtle Island, where treaty where treaties and first documents of of a. Uh, what's called the Turo Wampum Treaty made with the Dutch people in 1600 was made. And that would be what I use today and in the case in New York also. And that's the Turo Wampum Treaty. I cite that treaty that Native people are forever to remain under tribal laws and tribal customs. And I asked for, I put the burden of proof onto the state district attorney and the, the judge to bring this legal instrument, the, the legal documents where they can show me where the native clan mothers and the headmen had signed over their jurisdiction to the state and to the federal government. And to this day, there is no such legal instrument and there is no documentation ever, ever showing that any clan mothers or headmen have ever signed over their authority to to the to the system to the state and and the 
the federal. And so that's how I how I'm winning my cases right now is by citing the two oh wampum treaty that says there's two blue lines on there. One blue line says that the native indigenous Turtle Island tribal people will always remain under tribal law and tribal customs. The other blue line next to it was with the understanding that the Dutch and and uh, the Romans, the the uh, British, English, so on, would adopt our laws, tribal laws, under the great law of peace, which you call the Constitution for the United States of America. And that, it would remain forever, time immemorial, as long as the sun shines, the grass grows, and the river flows. And today, the sun is still shining, the grass is still growing, and the river still flows. So, there was already an, an agreement by that treaty, Tura Wampum Treaty, that you would not be subjected to maritime laws or admiralty laws or uh, statutes and ordinances. It's already made in that treaty called the Tura Wampum Treaty that says for time immemorial that you would live by the Constitution for the United States of America, the law of the land. Supreme Law of the Lands, Article 6, Section 2, the Supremacy Clause, that every judge in every state is bound by this treaty, Not in that, and nothing has any standing against it, that this, is the, that this is the Supreme Law of the Land. And that's what I used down here in Albuquerque also, just in my recent uh, case. I was extradited from... New York, September 2016, where I got the precedent case um, 1310007, the state of New York versus Nene. And that is a precedent case for Turtle Island at from the head where this treaty was made. So the Mohawks, the Iroquois, they're not living by this treaty. They're not living by, by the great law of peace. They're, they're, they're going along with the, with the maritime and admiralty laws. And it affects all of us because of the authority that, that the clan mothers have. As long as they can keep the original clan mothers suppressed from having any voice or any authority, we continue to go through what we're going through. So until the head is, is, is back with the body and knows where it's going, that we want sovereignty, we want to be free and independent from, from uh, the slavery system, the, the social security system, the, the uh, Census Bureau and all of those um, tracking, tracking systems, auto trips, kiss-up numbers. So... That's what that's what I was doing in, in my di di diplomatic duties, and I was uh, helping the Iroquois, and then I got extradited out here after I won the case. They said that I didn't show up for a, a traffic court over here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. The charge was a, a DUI, driving under the influence of uh, alcohol. They wouldn't give me no uh, testing. They wouldn't give me... a a blood test. When I asked for the blood test, they uh, um, put me for refusal, and they would charge me for a felony. 
And then they looked at the, the international passport issued from the Lakota um, nation. They they charged me for false information to a police officer also. And then they would charge the uh, no insurance. So they they uh, put three three charges on me. And this was in in uh, late 2014 that this happened. So there, these cases were hanging for a little while while I was trying to get it through the uh, uh, Supreme Court. And uh, I, that's what I did. I filed the counter complaint at the Supreme Court level to to ask for these uh, to ask for these uh, motions to be uh, honored and, and dismissed for lack of jurisdiction. And uh, and that's what I got out of out of New York was a motion to dismiss for lack of jurisdiction with prejudice. I brought that case down here and I cited it in uh, Albuquerque when I finally made it to trial, and I I didn't uh, I I was uh, victorious. The, the uh, twelve jury panel they dismissed the case, all charges and uh, with prejudice, and it all has to deal with this this. Uh, Social Security number that that uh, everybody was is using, and I had given that Social Security number back. I had returned it back to its owners, the Social Security Administration. I gave notice to the Pope. I gave notice to the King and the Queen. I gave notice to the Navajo Nation, Lakota Nation, and uh, I gave public notice that, that that this is what I was doing. John Kerry has the paperwork, and on uh, Secretary of State's of. of uh, Oregon, New Mexico, uh, South Dakota, and uh, and uh, Albany, New York. And all I'm using is is what is uh, called authenticated authenticated paperwork that's good outside of the outside of the United Kingdom. And uh, yeah, just uh, we printed out the, the passports, and uh, it's laminated. It it it, it is uh, valid for all countries. And I, I, it's valid with uh, what I'm using is the authentication and uh, and the power of attorney. That's so awesome. Hey, Nina, would you um, the original treaty? Could you say what, what that? Did you say two one o four? I don't. Know. No, no, that's two two row wampum treaty. Two, oh, okay, wampum. Yeah, there's two yeah, rows on the, on the wampum shelf. Okay, thank you. And that's very important because that's where you guys, you guys, anybody could cite this treaty because you're supposed to be under the you're supposed to be on the Constitution for the United States. Mm-hmm. And that treaty belt is the first. That treaty is the first one made here on Turtle Island. That's and the it's foundation. Made, yeah. Right. Yeah, and that. And then after that, they'll cite another treaty, the Treaty of Canandaigua, 1794. And that's the foundation outside of the 13 colonies. But it also does not have signatures. So it's never been ratified by Congress. 1794, the Treaty of Canandaigua. That's the foundation outside of the 13 colonies. So they can have rule outside of the thirteen original colonies, okay. and that's also the foundation for what you guys call Canada. Us, we call it Canadico. Mm-hmm. So once you look at that treaty, seventeen ninety four, you're going to see that there, 
Well, I I, I know for the fact from the, the, the Iroquois themselves that they're telling me these signatures are not there. And the only way that you can validate any agreement is if everyone is in consensus and it's mm-hmm. a unanimous decision that everybody wants to do this. And at the, at, when that's being done, tribal with tribal clan mothers with authority that have been condoled, that have authority with belts or some significant uh, uh, of, of their tribe to show that they are wearing antlers or that they're wearing a, a headdress, that they're wearing what what shows that they are are uh, they are uh, in authority, and and there is signatures of those tribal leaders and clan mothers missing from that Treaty of Canandaigua. And from what I, what my research and what what I talk with the Mohawk people, their their clan, turtle, wolf, and bear, nine and nine, which is 18 signatures, are definitely missing off of any Treaty of Canandaigua. And they're also missing on... Title 25, subsection 232, and subsection 233. So because those 18 signatures are not on this, on anything to validate the Treaty of Canandaigua or Title 25, 232, 233, it's null and void. And, and besides that, the Turo Wampum Treaty is already... To never be tarnished, that it will be forever. So there cannot be any way that we jump over to the to the visitors' uh, constitution. We can only remain under tribal law and tribal custom. So even though you got all these natives living under tribal agencies and and uh, and. Uh, the Constitution is really not valid. We're, we're, we're to remain under tribal law and tribal customs. So that's why that's why it's important to restore the clan the clan system, the clan law, the original customs, and the, and the hereditary chiefs and clan mothers. And right now they're all scrambled out. There's no, there's no loss of the original hereditary chiefs that were to be leading these nations. And so they're they're being ruled by by the maritime laws and the admiralty laws and, and uh what we what we have today. Social security numbers. Everybody's on social security numbers. They're not the na- nations are far from sovereign. They they say and we think that they're sovereign but they are far from sovereign. They every every uh newborn child is being being born with a, a slave number and a census number, and uh, so the, that's that's what the, that's what the problem is right now. And I'm doing the little what I can do through through my cases and uh, through the, through the social media to to ex- exploit expose that this knowledge needs to get to our our uh, people to to uh, think about that social security number when they're having children and. Uh, Restore the clan mothers and the headmen and the chiefs, our societies, and that's what I hear. There's a lot of people with a lot of good ideas, and uh, and a lot of people working on how to sustain ourselves while 
while we go through this transition to get out of the, the system. And I thank everybody for all the, the support and all the work that they do, all the research and uh, all their knowledge, including Brian and the group here. I appreciate uh, everyone's knowledge and uh, everybody's uh, piece of the puzzle to, to, the, to the overall uh, picture. We call it Casus Omisius, and that's the Latin word we come from. The Casus Omisius is what a native indigenous people are under. We're not under the Corpus Juris. Secundum. We rule with the leg of the bull, the stars. We rule by the universe. And that's where our clans our clans come from. The star formation, the constellations. We don't know it like, like how you know it today, like Orion and, and uh the Big Dipper or, or any of those names. Those are those are Roman uh Greek names and, and it's all washed up to us here. We wanna we wanna return back to to our 13-moon calendar, 28 days to 28 days. We want to return back to our ceremonies. We want to return and be, be uh, self-sustaining people. We want to uh, uh, have our old, our old ways. We don't want to lose our, our languages. We want, to, we want our clans restored, and that's what I'm trying to do. And I hope that the case, the state of New Mexico versus Nene, uh, C.R., 2014-3667. I hope that people will be able to use this case in the in the future and be able to cite it. And uh, the, the state of New York versus Nene, case number 1310007. Um, the state of Oregon versus Nene, case number 121176. The one out of Oregon was the first one in 2012 where the passport would be recognized in a, in a court of law or a maritime law. That's so amazing. I have a quick question. Oh. If I may. Yeah, uh -huh. go ahead. Okay. Um, so what you're saying is anybody that is Native American, Native-born in the United States, is classified as a Native American and can you and can use what you're talking about. Right. Yes. Okay. But okay. Any, any, any other race of man can also still cite that treaty, two-world wampum treaty. Okay. Because the, the other row, the other blue row says that it, it will be under the Constitution. It doesn't say that you will be under maritime law or statutes or anything. It says you'll be under the Constitution. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. So, hey, Nene, Nene yeah. could you, um, I got the New York case, but would you mind repeating uh, the New Mexico and the Oregon case number for me? Sure. It's the state of New Mexico. Versus me, nay. It's the letter C, like cat. R, like uh, Roger. C, R. And then the year 2014. Dash. Three, six, six, seven. Okay. And then the Oregon one? The Oregon one is the state of Oregon versus me, nay. 
and it is case number one, two, eleven, seventy-six. One two one one seven six. Yes, that's out okay. of uh, Abraham Lincoln County. Okay, great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. A- amazing work. Amazing. Yeah, I didn't take any plea bargains. That's and I represent myself in these cases, Sue Juris. Yeah. And I'm I'm out of the system, so I don't want to use their resource or their uh, to the the yeah. bar. I don't want to use yeah. the bar. To, and uh, so I stand on 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 uh, sovereign, and that I can prove that I have given notice to the Pope and. In the Vatican, and I've given notice to Washington, and I've given notice to to uh, the King and the Queen to mm-hmm. to show that I am not with this. And when they see those documents, they 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 uh, and it's authenticated. It's very um, official. Right. And and so the district attorney, the district attorney, he quit. Okay. I can't find him right now to char- to serve him and charge him. I can't find him right now. His name is Alfred Alfred Quintana, and they won't give me any information about him, so I can serve him for trying to uh, prosecute me. Mm-hmm. And so I I can't find him right now in New Mexico in Albuquerque. I can't find him, and uh, um, I'm here in Albuquerque right now trying to get my pony back, my vehicle, mm-hmm. and uh, they they ha- they haven't returned it back to me yet, and. Uh, the case is closed, and I'm just there's a release order, but they're just kind of giving me the runaround on it right now to get my vehicle back, trying to tell me that I gotta go make another uh, entry, uh, entry uh, appearance in another civil court to get my property back. Mm. Is your um, is your phone number still the same? Um, it's uh, my phone number is. I, I can Brian. get it from Brian. I can get it from Brian if you don't want to put it out in the public. No, no it's. It's fine. Yeah, my my uh, area code is out of New Mexico. It is five zero five nine one six nine five five nine. Great, thank you. Right, and and my email address is nine n i i n e e one eight six eight at hotmail.com okay and uh, I appreciate any uh, any um, knowledge I'm, I'm trying to move on to the next stage which I want to um, file criminal complaints in, in The Hague in Holland and uh, I have a friend she's been helping me with what knowledge she has she's uh, giving me some uh, instructions of the process of filing against these state corporate corporations and also the United States Corporation and how to start out the, the uh, complaint process to get to uh, The Hague, an international parliament, and then um, I would like an audience with, with uh, Holland. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, uh, I don't think that the people really know about too much about what, takes place in Holland but there's a it's pretty much running everything is out of Holland and that's where 
when when you beat these state corporations, you want to continue on and go back into the into the international and uh, international uh, criminal courts and and uh, file complaints there. So that's where where I'm at right now, and I and I it's 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 kind of um useless for me to fight with these people here any any longer. I beat them and now I take it to the to the higher level again. Hey Nene, um there's something I wanted you to touch on a little bit because we have brought this up and uh also with uh the de jure um government for the United States of America who has been on our calls I think three times, maybe four times now. And that that's the info that they bring forward as well is that, you know, everybody's thought that is the Vatican and that it's England and then Washington DC that's running everything. Uh but really you know, if you're going to do something this sinister and this evil, you're definitely not going to want to have your face known or anything like that. And right. which has always told me that there's something else behind all of this, you know, which really is the banks. And like you said, it, it is the Dutch. It is the Dutch, the king of up there, the king of Norway, that is really running everything. Um, uh, was the girl that's doing this with you, is she on? She should be on. Some, uh, on she's probably listening in somewhere on the call. Yeah, I am. Right. I don't know if you can hear me. Yes, yes. I can hear you. Hey. How are you doing? Hi, hello. Uh, I'm from Holland. I'm Nene's uh, girlfriend. Trying to get a loophole here in the maze to get him here to the Hague so he can uh, talk to the king. It's um, not difficult here to talk to the king. He's friendly. But indeed, uh, the people here don't have the knowledge about sovereignty, about what happened. Um, and the indigenous people uh, still have those rights. So it's very important people uh, uh, get this knowledge. So I think it's Nene travels around. Tell the people about this. Uh, goes to the king. It will be good for everyone. Um, yeah, actually, he said it all. I don't have to say anything about it anymore. Well, your, right, uh, your name is An- Angeli, Angelina, is that correct? Evangeli, yeah, Evangeli. Okay, Evangeli, uh, all right. Are you in uh, Holland did you hit- now? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm in Holland yeah. right now. Yes, yes. I'm trying to find a way to get to the king. Um, about the sovereignty, it's here. Uh, you can do it too. It's no problem. There are just three questions, and the king will give you sovereignty. Only the problem is he can kick you out of the country. He will take your driver's license. He will take your passport. He will take everything away. He will strip you totally. So you have no land anymore, nothing. So that's different from America. So I will find a, I'm trying to find a loophole in the law, in the maze here, uh, to keep the benefits and still be sovereign. It's different than in America. So, so you're, saying, you're saying that in Holland, if you approach the king, you can have your sovereignty, but they remove you from their land. That's 
and possibility. It's not sh- uh-huh. for sure, but that's uh-huh. a possibility because then they say um, you don't want to live by the rules over here. That's fine. You can choose, but then you're a free bird and we don't give you health care. We don't want you to have a, a Dutch passport. We don't want you to have anything to do with Holland anymore because they see you as a dangerous person because you don't pay tax, you don't have to listen to their laws. You, you know, they cannot control you anymore. You're not their slave anymore. So that's, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, isn't that, isn't that kind of the, the same thing? I mean, we don't want benefits, right? We don't want to be claimed by a, a nation or a state. We want to have our own sovereignty. So, um, mm-hmm. so are you, so, but, but are you, are you saying that instead of us, you know, like my, my belief system currently is that, you know, it's the Vatican, it's Rome, it's London, it's Britain, but it's actually Holland. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I'm right. sorry. I couldn't yeah. hear the last part. I couldn't hear the last part. Is, is Holland, is Holland the, the, the head of the head of the snake or? Yeah, it's, it's actually, yeah, yeah, it is. Here. Yeah, in Den Haag, you have to be in Den Haag. Yes. Okay. And there you can uh, ask an uh, uh, audience with the king. That's not difficult to do because, to be honest, the king in Holland, the one we have right now over here in Holland, is a very people person. So you can talk to him. And he can decide also if they strip everything away from you or they say, you know what, you can have your sovereignty and you can stay. That depends. This king, I think he will be, yeah, I'm not sure, but he can say, okay, you can say. The queen we had before in Holland, she would have said, no, we take everything away from you. You have no country anymore and you are not welcome anymore. So that's very difficult. Where are you going? And, and so it's very, it's very important. It, it, it shouldn't even have to be me that's requesting this audience with the king and the queen. It should be the Iroquois. It should right. be the Mohawk. It should be the six nations of the Iroquois Confederacy doing what I'm attempting to do. They should be going to redress the grievance of this two-row wampum treaty that has been broken for 400 years now with the Dutch. But nobody mm-hmm. from Mohawk, Mohawk or the Six Nations is stepping up because they have been very assimilated and oppressed and suppressed by tribal agents. Right. Agents. Nina, I have a question. Um, yeah. Could, could you tell us a little bit about the difference between a traditional chief and a war chief? Um, well, the war chief would be like what is the police department right now? The war chief would be like the, the chief of police. And, and who, uh, who, who, who elects them? The people. The people. And the traditional right. chiefs are... The, the traditional chiefs are hereditary chiefs. It's coming from bloodline and original from the very beginning. 
Those are hereditary chiefs straight from the from from the star nations. And also too the uh connection with uh the military and the constellation Orion. The military? Yeah. Well, they use a lot of coding about it. I know that, but it, it, the military, I would say, is 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 un- operating under the red, white, and blue with the gold fringe, and and is is uh, working with the the NASA, yeah, and uh, SETI and all of those. But and that's connected uh, with maritime law and the Gregorian calendar that we're under right now. Right, right, and that's what that. In my case, with this authority that they have here in, in the cities is, is the police de- city police department. I told him, go get the real police. Go get the sheriff. Go get a tribal police, somebody else other than you. So that's what, if anybody's in trouble, you want to request the real sheriff. You want to request the real state police, somebody else that is a higher authority than the city police. And are you familiar with 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 who the traditional chiefs of the uh, the Six Nations are? Um, well, I wouldn't uh, go with Orin Lions or uh, Sid Hill. They they take off their headdresses and they bow to Andrew Como. Andrew Como works for the Vatican. Now, how long is how long has Cuomo been in office? I don't know. Long time. <laughs> Long time. Yeah, I, I I I lived I lived among and, and uh traveled back and forth and uh, I have relations there. I'm in alliance with the Wolf Clan of Guaho. They they the Wolf Clan. They that's who I was working with and they're the only ones who have the heart to recognize the independence and start moving away from the tribal government, moving back into the original longhouse. Right now, the longhouses are all Duns and Bradstreet numbers. They're they're what you call Masonic lodges. The longhouse is no longer a traditional longhouse. It's It's a Masonic lodge. And up there at the head of Turtle Island, in a six mile by six mile by six mile six 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 triangle, on one of the points of the triangle is what's called the Red Oak Island. The Red Oak Island is a Masonic base, like the first and probably the most important one on Turtle Island, and it's at the head on the reservation concentration camp called St. Regis Mohawk Tribe. Dunn's number. And, uh, so, so right now, that tribe has been very incorporated, and they're struggling right now to to uh, restructure and go back to the longhouse. And that and that's where they need a lot of help is is up there at the head, because of the agents. And all the masons that are living there, there's a lot of masons. Almost every 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 male there is is somehow involved in in the masonic uh, work. 
where's this where's the split amongst the uh amongst the, the six nations? Is that is that what it really sounds like what it comes down to is like the war chiefs, the traditional chiefs, but then also too I think like uh the casinos have a lot to do with it as well. Right. And there's a casino up there right at the head too, yeah. So what so when they do when they do things at the head at the tur- at the head of Turtle Island, it it floats down river. It floats to us. It floats to all the rest of the parts of Turtle Island. It has to happen at the head first, just like in in a fight. You hit somebody in the head, the body's gonna fall. That's what's happening in spiritual war. Mm-hmm. It seems like the root, the root, the root of all that corruption is probably stemmed. Uh, yeah, has to do with a, a, a big money. I'm, I'm sure. Oh shit! Yeah, they're working for the Vatican. They don't work for the people mm-hmm. no more. No. Those, the ones who are who are posing as chiefs, they're they're just posing. They're they're holding the, a position, but it's it. it they're they're usurping the original laws, the great law of peace. They're usurping the great law from the great spirit. The great spirit put us this way here on Turtle Island to rule the way we were ruling by clans. And right now it is being usurped by this mark of the beast. And there's they got the people dependent on it. So it's hard to get out of it. The, the, the Mohawks and the Iroquois, they're pretty well off. They got they got to jump on everybody. They were involved in all the trading, everything over there. We didn't know that they were, us over here in the in the West, we didn't have, I didn't, and my grandparents, they, we sure didn't have a clue that the, that the Iroquois were doing us all this way. Mm-hmm. In the Lakota, and we're pissed. Yeah, we're pissed off about this. What uh, what 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 can you what, what can you tell me about the, the the connection? What is this mark of the beast and and the Masonic lodge with the uh, you know six 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 hundred sixty six triangle and then also too where the social security numbers are um, are created. That that uh, what's the, what's the address of that building? It's in Albany, right? Right. That's where I, I when I made the alliances with the Iroquois, we went. Albany to the Secretary of State's office there and the address is there on 99 Street Washington 99 Washington Street up on the 6th floor is where you can get authentication paperwork and that's where they to get you out of the database of this this uh, slave surveillance uh, number system and that's where I got this paperwork and I got the authentication on the passport and also on the on the paperwork from from Holland and the international parliament and I took those into to the secretary of state had them authenticated cost ten dollars I brought the paperwork back out filed it down at the Supreme Court clerk a counter complaint against the St. Regis Mohawk tribe for arresting me when I have diplomat immunity and then I took the paperwork back to to St. Regis Mohawk tribe and I was serving the chief of police, and I was serving the the uh, tribal government there, and all, I also sent it to the U.S. Marshals. And then here came came storming into the library where I was faxing these documents for record was that the, the chief of police and, and all his goons came running in. They had me arrested and 
took me to Franklin County, and I sat there for two months to to uh, defend my my uh, status as as a sovereign and as a diplomat. And I got the case dismissed September 2016, September 20th, and I and then I was extradited out of there to here. And I had done the same process already here in New Mexico. So I don't know what New Mexico was thinking when they knew that I had already done this to them. I had already beat New Mexico three times before this last one that I and just this is, this is all under the jurisdiction of draconian law, correct? Right. No no jurisdiction. So there's a right because right, it's all null and void according to the original Tura Wampum Treaty. Um, right. what's, the, what's, yeah. what's the difference between uh, uh, draconian law and universal law? I only know that I'm, I'm not under draconian law. I live by the universal law and the, and the great spirits law. I, I try my best to walk in the, in the good road, in the red road, and try to help people and uh, educate the people as, as, a, as a warrior of, of my nation and of my clan I'm I'm doing the best I can, and and I hope that the cases in black and white and the decisions and the opinions on them will help my future generation of brothers and sisters, warriors across Turtle Island, all their children unborn, and the ones we lose. I'm uh, trying my best to to, uh, make a book and uh, make a little documentary of my recent... uh, plight for uh, sovereignty and uh, to remain free and independent. And so they, 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 they do not want the people to know how to do this process and get out of the system and, and to remain free. And uh, I, I, uh, I, I uh, appreciate, every, again, everybody who's listening across Turtle Island. I thank you all for your time. I don't want to take up all your time there, Brian, on the, on the radio program. And so no, no, that's that's fine. And you know, I'm glad you brought up um, going and to the Secretary of State there in Albany because I wanted to bring that up as well uh, because the name of that building is actually uh, isn't that one Commerce Building or something like that? That is exactly it. Yes. And I I think if I remember right, because after I had talked to you a few months ago, I I went and did some research on that building and I think the actual room number that you had to go to get that done at, what the room number was 666, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. Right. Yeah. So, uh, can I, I'm sorry, can I just interject because this is, thank you for asking the question. Are you saying that this place on 99 Washington Street in Albany, New York, is where they actually create the Social Security? Well, that's where I took it out of the database because that's the original Original 13 colonies is on that side. That would be in Albany. Yeah, that's where they all originate from. Yep, okay. that's where it's at. That's where I, I got, I don't know how I found it, 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 but that's the right place right there. You want to give them notice. And, and, and Andrew Cuomo, <laughs> give them notice too. Andrew Cuomo will go tell the Pope and whoever else right there. Yeah. At the same time, too, I want to mention, because when I was uh, researching that building and the different offices in it, in fact, uh, I believe maybe the whole floor, that sixth floor, uh, they kind of didn't, it was very vague regarding the information that went on there on that floor. But 
you know, this kind of goes into the uh, whole zip code situation as well, uh, which is actually stands for the zip imp- or the zone improvement plan. That's what zip stands for, and that was a uh, voluntary system that the federal government set up so they could reach their tentacles, I believe, uh, outside of that 10 square mile area and outside of Manhattan Island, and. That way, you know, anybody falling underneath that zip code, that's why people, when they stand in court, you know, um, very often they'll ask, you know, where do you live at, you know. And very often, I mean, you even use um, your card, for instance, if you've got like a prepaid card or something like that, you use it at the pump to get gas. You know, it's for verification. It wants to know your zip code, you know. Well, when I was investigating that building, it led me to go start investigating some of the other buildings actually within Washington, D.C. as well. And I found that many offices in these federal buildings, their address would be under a different zip code. We think of a zip code as covering a certain area of land, which it really doesn't. It's a jurisdictional issue. And it was amazing to me that so many of these different buildings had different zip codes for the different offices within them when you would think that geographically speaking they'd all be under one. I right, found that pretty all, amazing and and to me a good evidence of what the zip code really is about. Well it's they're all they're all private posts. And, right. and every, yes. every every single individual plot of land has a zip code that's general to the area and then there's a four digit number afterwards. And that four-digit well, number, saying... four number specifies your exact piece of, of, of land because it's its own post. No, I, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying these offices. I'm not saying these offices within these buildings had a different four-digit code after them. No, the whole zip code was completely different. Oh no, no, the no, different I, I offices within one yeah. building. Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, okay. That's all, you know, even, you know, whatever office in that same building, the zip code determines a, a post, you know. I, it's right, not, it is yeah. a separate post, yeah. yes. Yep. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of buildings in New York and New York City are like that too, like the Empire State Building and other various buildings have um, several different area codes they operate by depending on... Um, I don't know, like, you know, each floor or each division or corporation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a lot of zip codes up right. there. <laughs> right. And that should, that, should, that should tell us that the zip, the zone improvement plan, isn't for necessarily a zone like we think of a zone. Right. It's for a post. It's a yep. postal zone. And, uh, and the word post is military. That comes from the military. Yep. And I, I also, uh, eventually, I wanted to mention to her, I'd like to speak to her some more at another time, but, the, you know, the problem being looked at um, there in Holland, as far as doing this with the king, is, you know, it being left stateless. And like I said, we've had um, a guest on um, some of the most recent calls that we've done uh, where that problem has been fixed. That, that's been corrected to where you will still be flying under a flag, but it won't be the, the de facto corporate flag, and you still will have a level of protection. You won't be left hung out to dry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, also, if I, if I could add, that that wouldn't be able to happen here in, in the Americas because each state is considerably a nation. And if you have um, your birth certificate, that's prima facie evidence that you was born in, into a nation. And I guess after that gets corrected, you look at as a um, a state citizen, which be better, which would be better as an American or an American national, because I think those terms are federal or those jurisdictions are federal, the American national or whatnot. The only one that well, have most well, what what you have to what you have to understand is that yes, the way everything was originally set up, we're talking the de jure, organic, whatever you want to call it, in the beginning was that the states. We're going to be individual nation states, but what happened is that they all incorporated and became franchises of the system that's running now. All right, mm-hmm. and so, and so, yeah, you uh, you as becoming a state citizen, people need to realize that the, the idea behind that is you are going back to what was originally set up and the way things were originally supposed to run. Um, you know, separating away from the the corporate fiction position and going into the real man position or the real woman position. By right, man. and also to my knowledge and awareness, oh, once you become, you know, get back to your original status, um, there's some paperwork or declarations you do. You're supposed to operate back in the original government from before they formed into the union. Is that correct or right? Correct. Okay. And that to that Tulo Wampum Treaty is where you get your constitution. So right, that that's very important. I wanted to ask you that, but I didn't want to interrupt you because you were saying a lot of really good stuff and you know, I didn't want to be selfish and, and interrupt you. So um I wanna to try to see if I could write that down. Uh give me one second, I, I do apologize. Um what is it called? What treaty? Two row two rows. Yeah, two-row wampum treaty. Wampum? I'm sorry. Yeah, wampum. It's a shell, wampum shell. Wamp, okay, yeah, I got you. The wampum shell, okay, wampum. Two-row two, two wampum treaty. And this is supposed to be what the Constitution is under, kind of. There was supposed to be a treaty between the two-row wampum and the, and the um, Constitution, correct? That would keep the natives on the tribal laws and tribal customs. And for the Dutch, the British, the Romans, the English, so on, everyone will be under the Constitution. That's what the second row means. Now, I appreciate that, brother. Yeah, so that's the main one, the first one that's made on this land, 1600, on Turtle Island. And it's made with the six nations of the Iroquois Confederacy, with all clan mothers, headmen, and chiefs. Not like what what you have today, agents posing like they're real chiefs. They're not. And if anybody wants to read that treaty, you can go right into Tactical Sovereignty, go to the search bar, and type in two-row wampum. And uh, I believe I posted that treaty to the group quite a while ago. Right there. I just sent it right now. Beautiful. So make sure that that... uh, the two-row wampum is, is that belt that's on top of this turtle right here. And that's to signify that that's the original law and the agreement. 
the agreement was with the understanding that the Dutch, the British, the Romans, the English, would forever uphold their end of the agreement, that they would forever uphold the Constitution for the United States of America. This is why I am going to request and am in the process to have an audience with this king of Dutch. Mm -hmm. Hey, you didn't uphold your end of the bargain. And the Iroquois are not upholding their end of the bargain. So I've already gone up to Mohawk, Oneida, all the way through to to uh, Oren Lions, to the Central Fire. And I've flipped them all out of the, the United States ship and their birch bark canoe. And I'm making them swim for land right now. where they have to restore the law of the land. Clan mother, um, headmen, and chiefs. Nene, no while I'm thinking about it, somebody... Huh? Nene, while I'm thinking about it, somebody was wanting you to repeat your email address again. Sure. It is Nene, N-I-I-N-E-E, one eight six eight at hotmail dot com. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, is there a reason why you picked the date of eighteen sixty eight to use in your email address? Well, it's significant to the Dene Bikea, which you know is Navajo and also to the Lakota Sioux. That's the year that that uh, they were we were in the treaty Fort Laramie Treaty in South Dakota and over here in the Nebikea is the uh, Fort Sumner Treaty, 1868. Anything anything after this Turo Wampum Treaty is what you call a unilateral act. It means it's invalid. It's not anything after that 1600 has not been very valid like passing statutes and codes and ordinances, they're all invalid for the fact that no clan mothers, headmen and chiefs have ever signed over their authority in a unanimous consensus. There's no document. There's no legal instrument. There's no record of it in the tribes or in court cases, nothing. So there's no valid statute for Title 25, which is Indians, subsection 232, and subsection 233. It's invalid. There's no there's no rule of law in the state courts or the federal court. So if there's no rule of law over the natives, then there's sure no law over you guys either, anyone else. Nobody's upholding their end of the bargain, which is the Constitution for the United States of America. So I need to seek redress of grievance to this King William Dutch. I don't know if any Iroquois will step up to go with me, 
But for Danette and Lakota, we're ready. We have delegations. We have water societies. We have clan mothers back in place. To where we can help other nations. And then we can move on to trading. Re, re, uh, redoing our currency, our own, uh, our own way of, uh, of, uh, making the money to trade, you know, continue sustaining ourselves. Well, I'm not sure if I know anybody within the Iroquois tribe, Mene, but, uh, I'm sure I could find somebody that would jump up with you from the Chippewa tribe. Oh, that's good. Yeah, the, the Iroquois, it was hard. And, uh, I got, I'm only following what's, what's called the mandate from, from the World Council of Fire. That's where the real clan mothers and the real headmen and chiefs still come together in council like the way we were supposed to be and are still in authority in their nations all around the world and in, in uh, North and South America. And uh, their mandate is to continue doing what I'm doing to r- restore the clans and... Uh, they were they were uh, sending me uh, uh, congratulations. As I heard from my good friend Donald Smoke, who uh, who shares a lot of this knowledge with me, he's one of the few of the Iroquois, uh, Mohawk Ongwehoe is what they call us, Ongwehoe, and uh, and Oguaho uh, clan. He's married to a turtle clan, so he's been he's been uh, fighting fighting right there within his own village and uh, uh, been retaliated and uh, and uh, everything else by these uh, masons that are all around in his community up there taking over take, trying to take over the, the whole turtle island that's where you're getting uh, the masons. that's where you're getting a lot of this this uh, mason is, is from a touch a Dutch man and and uh, only half Mohawk. His mother is Dutch. That's where the, the head one of these head masons on Turtle Island is is the name Thompson, and that name Thompson is is not a good name. He's a they they are head masons, and they run run and and uh, operate that Red Oak Island that Masonic base. And the mother is Dutch, and and so that's why you you see when up there, they they don't care that the that the bloodline comes through the woman, so they're trying to say, oh no no, you don't have to have your mom uh, a, a Mohawk to be a Mohawk, you just have to have one parent, but really all of us natives we know the bloodline runs through the mother. To the clan mother, for us to stay tribal, we have to keep it that way. The bloodline runs. Well, and you know what? That—that's one of the many things also that they've uh, kind of twisted everybody's minds with here in America, is that when you go and if if you study indigenous people of any of the continents, other than Europe, 
you pretty much find that they're all maternal. They are all maternal families. And it's the woman who really runs the household and keeps everything intact. And that's what they did here in the States is they twisted everybody away from that and they have everything set up on a, a paternal order. And when you're born, you carry on with your father's name. Um, you have nothing to do with the mother's family anymore. And then their next step was to even go further and yank the mothers out of the house and, uh, and to go and give them, put this idea in their head that, hey, you know, that men are superior and things like that. And that, you know what, you, you should be superior to them, actually, or you could be just like them. You, you should be out in the workforce. You shouldn't be at home. You've got rights, you know, and encouraged uh, basically the departure of, of the structure for the family and separated everything right there. And that is the best way to bring down a people is to break up the family, break up the way the bloodline is supposed to run. Right. That's right. I believe it was uh, David Rockefeller even admitted that uh, they pumped $50 million into the women's rights movement just to further that agenda. And yeah, whoever's got a lot of chaos going on with your kids, if you could mute. <laughs> and it's good to hear the family all together having fun, but <laughs> not this time. <laughs> yeah, I, Can I, I say hear... something? Yes, sure. Hi, it's uh, Cheryl from Australia. How are you going, everybody? Hello. Um, hey, Cheryl. Good to hear from you. Hey, I've got it. <laughs> Um, I just wanted to ask Nina something. Um, my teacher sets loud. Um, my, good, good family. <laughs> my um, children and my ex-partner is uh, a married descent, and um, also one of my grandchildren is a native Australian um, descent. And um, basically, I was wondering if Nina had contacted anybody especially with the, the Maoris in New Zealand, because they actually have managed to do most of this, I believe. Um, I just wondered if you had like a, I don't know, a, a contact with them, I suppose, or because they are... Um, I, I have, uh, yes, I, I have, a, I have uh, some uh, alliances out of Maoria, yes. And I, I do talk with them. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yes. Um, I might actually have to speak with you later about this. Um, with, with some, I'll sort of off topic at the moment, but I'll. Um, that's good that you have that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that was good. Right. And all the way to Hawaii, we have we have a, um, alliances with a lot of that have do understand what true sovereignty is. So. In, in some of the yeah. islanders up there in Hawaii and some of the... Yeah. That's wonderful. That really is. And well done. Right. And some Puerto Ricans. Uh, uh, it, it, it's, it, it's been a, a long journey. And uh, I'm, glad to be, I'm glad to be back out here with you guys. It was a long 
It was a long uh, eight months, almost nine months, this last round here. And uh, yeah. I'm, glad to, I'm, I'm very honored to share the, the uh, victory with all of you listening out there. And I, and I hope that you continue to fight the good fight in the spirit of Geronimo, in the spirit of Manuelito, in the spirit of yellow hair, white hair, crazy horse. Same bull in, in, in the spirit of all the, the great war, war chiefs and, and all the, their, our ancestors, I, I, uh, I continue on myself and, and, I, and I share this in, in their spirit with, with all of you uh, on the World Wide Web. Thank you very much. And uh, I'll, I, I'm running out of data right on uh, batteries. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> it's so... Okay, yeah, it's been great. I appreciate it very much. Tactical sovereignty, and, uh, all the, all everybody's information that they're sharing and uh, and uh, sharing the, the 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 victory. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you, honey. We appreciate it, Nene. Brother from another mother and another tribe. <laughs> but the yeah, essence of what he's getting yeah. at is the basic rights of everybody. Everybody, there's the rights of indigenous people, which covers everybody, and there's the rights of self-determination. And those are things that nobody ever hears about, nobody's ever taught. And those are the things that you can stand on. That's where your power comes from. Uh, yeah, that power technically comes from our creator, but those are the things where those facts have been stated at, and they've even been accepted by whatever powers or corporate powers that are running things. Just, it's just that nobody stands on them, and that's what he's doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, yeah, you may have I something else to say, Cheryl? Yes. Yes, yeah, Yes, from Holland still. Um, what Nine is doing is awesome, and we're trying to go here to Holland. Um, but while we we were talking over here, a few times I was already disconnected. I think the government or something is listening with us. So um, I'm going to hang up the phone also, and I thank you for being in the show. But uh, I think we have the attention here now also, and your show is also here now in the air. So thank you for everything. Oh. And I'm going to disconnect now myself. And thank you, Evangeli. I would, like a chance to, I would like a chance to talk to you at some point in the near future, Evangeli, if we could. Yes, we will. Of course, Nene and me are together, so you always can contact him or me, or and we can talk about this uh, as much as you want to, but right now I think we are already on air in Holland somewhere because the disconnection, I can hear the click-click, and I know here in Holland uh, they have permission to listen with you on the phone, the government. So this is a, yeah, I can hear it. So, well, the, okay. We, they do. Yeah. This, they, yeah, they do here in the States as well, and it's just something that we've had to learn to accept, and uh, hopefully we can take care of on our own in the near future. Yeah, of course. Everybody deserves freedom. We are all children of God, our creation. That's the one we have to be responsible, and we have to give our uh, word to nobody else. 
I thank you for being there. I'm wishing you all a very good evening, afternoon, and we talk later. Thank you, Wesley. I appreciate it. Bless you all. Bless you. Bless you. Goodbye. Bless you. Okay. Hey, I thought I was gone. Okay, now I'm really gone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, dear. <laughs> All right. Was there anybody else that had anything they wanted to bring up or discuss? Um, we're hitting the two-hour mark, so about 10 minutes away. I just wanted to say it was uh, a pleasure sitting into the conversation with all of you. That's likewise. Yes. And... Um, yeah, there's uh there's it's a, it's, it's a very very uh energetic time to be alive right now. A lot going on in the cosmos in the world. But um but yeah, I've uh this is my first time uh sitting in on this on this talk show and uh got a lot of really great information and uh I'll look into a lot of things further. Um how often how how often do you uh broadcast uh, every Sunday night at seven o'clock Eastern. Every Sunday night, right on. Yep. All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll I'll be in touch. Um, so thank you very much and many blessings. Sure. And if you go to uh, TalkShoe, uh, you can go there and just put in the code uh, for this call, which is one four three three two one, and that will give you access to previous calls as well. Right on. Yeah, I I started listening in uh on a few of them and they all sounded really good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep listening and uh and keep digging, you know. There's a lot of lot of lot of truth out there to uncover. Yeah, absolutely. And you I, know, one of the things I wanna stress to people as well is that it seems like with everything that people have wanted to do and things that I've kind of looked at over the past few years, there's always been one question that everybody that comes across the different processes have is where's the enforcement? There's no enforcement. Do all you want, but there's no enforcement. They're the guys with the guns. Uh, they're the only ones with the power. And you know, one of the things that I've tried to show um, over probably about the last month with some of the calls is that there is enforcement out there. There are things that we can do. It's just that that nobody's realized it. Everybody's always thought that this government that's running things is the government that's always been around, and it's not. It's a government that um, over the past century has really gotten infiltrated hard by the bar, and they're the ones running things now. That They, they change the structure of the, of the government from the inside, which is what we were told by Abraham Lincoln, that if the country was to ever fall, it would fall from the inside, and that's exactly what has happened. Uh, the Republic fell, and nobody realized it as it, it imploded it, it collapsed from the inside. And we still saw that outside shell there and thought everything was normal and everything was fine, but we didn't realize that the hats that those public officials were wearing all changed. They changed their hats, and they went from being the Republic or, or the de jure uh, leaders and elected officials to actually being uh, corporate officials. And worse than that, they became United Nations officials. 
And it's one of the things that I always kind of shake my head when I see people saying stuff about, oh, we got to kick out the U.N. or get out of the U.N. and or Trump's hopefully going to get us out of the U.N. What people don't realize is that the United States is the U.N. Uh, people don't comprehend that because December 9th of 1945, Congress ceded all seats of the United States of America to the U.N., right down to the municipality level, right down to your mayor, or right down to your tax collector. All seats were ceded over to the United Nations. And these are all United Nations officials that we're dealing with now, right down to the guys with the little red and blue lights running up and down the road. They're UN officials as well. And the sad thing is, is that not only was this trick played on us so well and on the American people so well, but it was also played on those officials because most of them don't even know who their real boss is. They don't really know where the real orders are coming from. And so how do you fight a situation where the enemy doesn't even know the position that they're in? They don't even know the capacity that they're acting in. They, they think they're acting in one capacity when they're really not. <clears throat> so that's what makes things difficult. And so the trick is, is you know, and it's not really a trick, it's pretty easy to do, is just to go back to the Republic because it still exists, it's still alive and well, and the Republic still has contact with um, the de facto system, and the de facto system listens to them, which is the great thing. So that if they're listening to the actual republic and the de facto is doing what the actual republic is saying, then where's the real power at? The real power is in our flesh and blood republic. That's where it lays at. It's just that everybody was conned into going and joining the corporate side without ever even realizing that there was a difference between the two. Uh, hey, Brian. Yes. Uh, all right. We're, we're supposed to be a constitutional republic, but being being is that we are the United Nations, which originally was called the League of Nations. Being is that we started the League of Nations, and now uh, it, it's United Nations. Being a republic, being under the United Nations power, strips away the constitutional republic, doesn't it? Well. Um... Well, the Republic isn't underneath the, the UN. Uh, the franchise state is, but the Republic isn't. And right, so when we'll, you go we'll, and look at the... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, well, I want to say that well, one of the things, though, with the Constitution that people don't realize is what that really was and what it was really all about. And uh, that was a pact that was created uh, at the creation of, of, this, of this government running things uh, because of the bankruptcy that they're in. Now, the Revolutionary War was an expensive war. And we were a very, very young, I mean, just 13 colonies. I had a small little uh, nation at the time. We couldn't afford that. You know, we didn't have huge industry going. There wasn't a big profit being made with overseas trade or anything like that. So we had to get the money from somewhere in order to fight that war. We borrowed the money from France. That's where the majority of the money came from. And 
then Fr- France did to us well. And if you go and uh, read after the Revolutionary War, um, read the Treaty of Peace, and if, no, but I don't think shit. Ninety nine point nine percent of people have probably not read it, alone maybe even heard about it. But you go and read it, and you're like, wait a minute, is this this is a peace treaty. This is a no. There's something wrong here because we agreed to pay the expenses of our foe, of the enemy, of England. Well, if you win a war, what are you doing paying the other side's expenses? That's not what happens when you win a war. Uh, you know, when you win a war, they run off with their tail tucked between their legs, never to be seen from again from you, hopefully. You know? Mm-hmm. And then a little trick was played on the people, uh, just like the tricks that get played on people all the time today, where, like, if you default on a credit card, and they go and they say, well, you know, we're probably not going to get any money from them. We'll sell this debt for pennies on the dollar to a third-party debt collector. At least we'll get something, and then this other party can go see if they can collect anything. Well, that's exactly what France did. France turned around, and they sold the debt to England. So now the people that we have been fighting in the Revolutionary War were now holding the debt. So now we owed that money all back to them. Not just the money that we used to fight them with, but also their expenses on top of it. And that's the total craziness right there. Well, isn't that something that, like, what Trump's been portraying, too? I mean, my my ideas here is, what I'm getting at is, he wants to get out of the United Nations. So getting out of the United Nations would take away, strip away some of their control over us. He also wants these other countries to start paying their fair share. So, in that sense, would he be trying to, at, at those two instances, be gaining some sovereignty from us? Or for us, I mean? Well, potentially, yes, it would. Right. But here's one of the, here's one of the problems that I have um, as far as, like, Trump goes. Myself, I pay no attention, really. I, well, I watch them, but more out of humor than anything because of knowing what goes on behind the scenes. but uh, So I really don't pay too much attention to the corporate side. But, you know, Trump is the CEO of that corporation that's running things out of the 10-square-mile area, right? And my issue with him, and I said even, you know, months before the election, I said, if he is not playing on the enemy's side, then, one, he'll either be dead before he ever gets elected, or he'll be dead um, within the first year of election, which we haven't seen the fruition of the first year yet. But what we have seen is a lot of the promises that he made, and he has done some great things. I mean, right right after his inauguration, he did start signing some things in right away that looked very, very promising, looked excellent. But a lot of the major things that people stood on for his platform and voted for him on don't look like they're really going anywhere, such as the wall uh, between the American land and Mexico. Um, and right after Trump was elected, what was one of the first places he went? You know, uh, they just had on the news recently that uh, he's making his first overseas travel since being elected. Well, you know, well, that's totally untrue. If it wasn't in the news a whole lot, but if you go back and dig, 
one of the first things that happened after Trump was elected is he went and had a meeting with the king of Norway. Now, why would he get elected and immediately go meet with the king of Norway? Doesn't that kind of tell you who's actually running things behind the scenes? Well, yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree where you're going, but uh, it's not that I would say I'm not saying Trump's any better than anybody else. The only thing I consider Trump is is not being a politician. Uh, this country's been ran. A president runs a corporation. So, but we've had politicians running a corporation. Now we've got Trump, who is who's ran a corporation from day one. But what we've got the 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 biggest thing that's going to keep Trump from doing what he's doing. It's not the Democratic Party. It's his own party because they're establishment. That's where I see the problems. It's not that I can say that Trump's better or will get everything done. If Trump isn't a politician, he was blackmailed to even be able to get into the debates and had to sign that pledge with the Republican Party, if, if you remember. At that point there, they didn't think he was going to be able to make the president. Now that he is president, you remember how they wasn't supporting him while he was going through the, the process? Everybody ran him down, everybody ran him down, and all of a sudden, your your presidential candidate is Donald Trump, Then everybody's like, well, we're going to have to support him, blah, blah, blah. But still, they're getting back at him right now. Marco Rubio, uh, McCain, uh, Graham, all your Ryan, all the establishment are getting back at him right now because we know this Russia deal is a big farce. I mean, anybody can tell that this stuff's being created as they go. I mean, you can't say somebody with a memo is telling the truth because I can write a memo right now and 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 put in there what I believe, and then that's going to stand up as truth. No, it's not. So this whole farce that's going on right now, even the establishment Republicans are working with the Democrats. So even like you said, he signed a bunch of executive orders that's doing some good, and I think that that good was going toward the people again. The establishment don't like that. That's why you see what you got now. And as far as I can see right now, the Republican and Democratic Party and the lamestream are acting as domestic terrorists. Well, they they are, and they have they have been our domestic terrorists for a very long time. And right. I, but I think one of the things also that's occurring is with some of these politicians and stuff is, yeah, one we know Trump wasn't a politician as we know politicians to be. Um, in fact, uh, uh, oh, who was it? It even said on the news that you know there's no way he could be elected because he had never gone through any of the initiations that the other ones had. You know, and it's those initiations they use to compromise people with. They use to compromise the politicians with. And I was just reading something today, uh, and I can't remember who it was, whether it was CIA or FBI. But they said they believe that somebody was holding something in which uh, Trump has been compromised in the past, and they might be able to use that to 
uh, control him with. But the inner workings of the political system right now is all freaking out because they know that the things that he really wants are things that's going to strip them of their power. Exactly. And that scares the hell out of them. Yep, I, I'm totally with you on that. I agree a hundred thousand percent on that deal, and and that's that's what's going on right now. I mean, we here's how I look at, it, and I'm, and I'm gonna bring what we're studying, what we're doing, and, and bring this in because that's the point where I was coming up to. Everything that Trump's trying to do that's right for the people, the establishments get back. Everything that we learn to do against the establishment. They figure out and make a law to stop us. They make us look like evil people. I mean, uh, um, uh, the FBI reports, anybody who's a sovereign citizen, as they claim, are extremists. They're bad people. There was, there's the, uh, a, a video floating around on Facebook from California, and the news channel's talking about sovereign people and this, one guy, uh, Golly Bomb, or whatever they called him. Um, yeah, he's, yeah, that's he's, Trent Goodbody. That's Trent Goodbody. He's been a guest on this call. Yeah. So I mean, every time we're figuring out their system, they're coming right in behind us and covering the tracks. But we're look, we're looking like the bad guy, and that's the same thing that's going on with Trump. I believe wholeheartedly, Trump is trying to make things for the people. I think Trump's got more constitutional uh, fortitude, I guess you could say, than any politician up there, but they're just trying to make him discredit him. Just like when we figure out their legalese part and attack them with it, use it, throw it in their face, they turn around and try to make us look like the bad people. It's, it's, it's the whole right, Absolutely. Yeah, the whole system is is a joke, and I don't know. Well, I sometimes, I, sometimes I this stuff is not fun to learn. It's hard to learn, and sometimes I feel like you know I'm screwed. I might as well give up. You know, no matter what I do, they don't want to acknowledge any of my paperwork. They don't answer any of my questions. They just look at me and say, "We don't have to prove nothing." I'm like. You know, I, I'm just kicking a dead horse. But then on the other well, hand, I look. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. It, uh, you know, probably what I was going to say earlier, too, and as far as the Constitution goes, people have to realize that what that document was, was that that, that was the way the corporation was going to operate, uh, being in a state of bankruptcy, and how right. it was going to conduct its affairs. And a constitutor is who writes a constitution. They're called a constitutor. And a constitutor is one who uh, goes and assumes the debt or the responsibility of another person, okay, or another entity. And what do the politicians call us? They call us constituents. You know, so that's saying that they are looking at us and holding us in a position of responsibility for the debt that they've created, all right? And so myself, I personally really would rather have nothing to do with the Constitution as far as that goes, because I know what that instrument was used for. But as far as, you know, especially for saying, you know, gosh, right. 
but especially looking at this and saying, you know, the situation is so big, might as well just give up and try and, you know, slip through the cracks, whatever do I got to do to get by. What people don't realize and what I'm trying to stress to people, because it's bigger than people realize and more important than people realize, that they really don't think that such a thing could even exist, is that that original republic still exists today. And you can join it. And they do make a difference. And we're supposed They've to be... done a lot of things that have made a difference. We're and supposed... the, the, the de facto system does listen to them. And that's who? The... That's the government for the United States of America. Okay. That's the name of the de jure system, now. the real system. Okay. So we're, su- we're supposed to be running under the Articles of the Confederacy, right? Well, Articles of Confederacy, the Declaration of Independence, and the Constitution were the main three founding documents. But there was errors kind of purposely written into all of those because the deception on the people was even beginning at that time. Because many of our forefathers Mm -hmm. were all uh, Freemasons and attorneys anyway. Okay? And even at some of them that, that would look at, oh, this was a good guy, he was an attorney, whatever. Well, it doesn't matter, he was a Freemason, all right? Back at that time, attorneys were not allowed to advertise their business. Um, oh, it was just part of the, the, the whole social system. And so attorneys joined the Masons because within the Masons, within that community, they were able to network and that's how they're able to get to meet people, and that's what got them jobs as attorneys and lawyers and things like that, all right? So even though some of these guys weren't an attorney, they were rubbing elbows with attorneys who had an influence on and aided them with uh, their language of the documents. And what the government of the United States of America has done is they've gone back and they've rewritten and submitted uh, things such as Constitution and Declaration for Independence, and corrected those little things, those little loopholes that were left open uh, for the bar to slide through. <clears throat> and yeah, I hear a lot of people uh, they've been on several calls uh, with them, and I've heard people say, "Well, you know, I don't remember voting for these guys and this and that." Uh, sorry. People that are thinking that way, your mind is still stuck in that corporate construct that was made to deceive you with. Because what created this nation in the first place? It was essentially a core of men, of leaders, that got together with a concept and an idea on how to get away from England. That was the same thing that was designed initially to help the people at that time, and that is the same design as what has been done with the uh, actual republic, with the government of the United States of America. And you can get, you you know, if you're worried about the little things, well, what am I going to do, you know, if I am totally separated from the the corporate construct? Well, you know what? Um, They've got a bank that's already been approved by Congress. Uh, They can take care of your homeowner's care if you need. Um, your policy on your automobile, that's already been covered. 
uh, health care, like I said, that's been covered. Um, you being able to pull yourself off from underneath the zip code, that's been covered. Uh, every little facet that you think of that they've used to tie the American people in, all of those little corrections have been made. And I wasn't really intending this call on preaching the virtues of what, what's been done here uh, with them, but um, it seems like with everything that comes up that these guys have laid the groundwork to fix that problem. Can I ask something, Brian? Sure. Um, so when you're saying the Republic's all set up, or, you know, that going back into the um, the better way of living, um, would that include the people that are, I was referred to, which is the United, the government of the United States dot international? Right. They, they yeah. seem to have it, that it, uh, it, sorted. Well, many of the members, I know you're in Australia, many of the members are um, on Canada as well. Because you have to realize that a government isn't a landmass. It isn't something physical. It's a concept. It's yeah. what flag you've decided to fly under. Yeah. That, that's one question then, I want to... I'm sorry. So by me being in Australia means that I can still fly under that flag from strap, I presume. Right, you can see, you can join them even in Australia. Anywhere in the world that people are at, they can join them. As long as you're not Muslim. Uh, sorry, but about mine, you've already made an, you've already made an oath to a God that, um, yeah, it's not going to, not sure. part of this, that government. Or actually, okay. uh, Islam, Islam specifically. Yep. Not to be, not to be racist or anything, but if, yeah, yep. Not to be racist or anything, but if people have already made a lifelong oath to a, another entity that is directly opposing the values of the government of the United States of America, then there's just no wiggle room to bring any of those people in. That's good. Because we know what the ultimate goal of Islam is. The ultimate goal of Islam is to be like the camel that sticks its nose inside the tent. Ronald Reagan said a long time ago when Congress was debating about bringing forward a national health care system like Obama did, Ronald Reagan said, listen, bringing in a national health care system is exactly like the camel sticking his nose in the tent. He said, next thing you know, his whole body's in. And that's exactly what the plan of Islam is, is they slowly weave their way into society and next thing you know, you look around, and all you're seeing is Islam all around you. Yeah. Uh, there was a video that was put out probably 10 years ago, and it went from country to country and showed what happened in uh, England and what was happening in Canada. Uh, I believe they covered Australia as well. And they showed how society had been groomed in a way to where they were not going to um, 
be as productive family-wise, I guess put it that way. They weren't going to be as prolific. And so instead of the families having three, four, five, eight kids, uh, now the families were having 1.2 or 2.3 children. Well, overall, when you, you looked at the whole country, uh, I think America has an average of 1.8 children per family when you are looking at purely just the American families, okay? Well, it takes a minimum of 2.8 children or 2.9 children in every family to sustain a society. And then you looked in those countries and you looked at the people from the Middle East that were living in those countries, and those people, those families, were having five, six, seven kids. So over a period, you could see what was going to happen to the society or the culture of a nation. It was slowly going to be erased and be replaced by the societies of the Middle East. And the census information is, is out there, and it, it's solid. It's inarguable. That is exactly what's happening. Well, I did my bit. I had four children. <laughs> well, good job. You're you're doing your part. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it isn't so much um, the problem of maybe like America only have an average of one point eight, one point nine children. Uh, the problem is, is that another society is being introduced here, who is way more prolific. That's where the problem lies at. And they will, they will over a period of 50 years, it will greatly outnumber you. Wow. I'll try and, and repost that. In fact, I don't think I ever did post that video to Tactical Sovereignty. But I'll go back and dig it back up and uh, see if I can post that to Tactical Sovereignty again so people can look at the numbers and look at the way it works. Um, I think that Frank, would be important. Can, can I ask oh. you a quick question? The, um, the group that you were talking about where the Republic is alive and a well, is that something that you posted two or three weeks back that you actually joined? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's I'm the gonna... only thing that I've yet to find that as anything solid. Okay, I'm going to, I'll message you later or something, I'm going to, or I'll look for that, because I'm in. Uh, you can, yeah, you can find it under um, the government, or I think it's just government for the United States of America dot international. Okay. Or if you go to the group, if you go in the group and go to the search bar, just type in virtual embassy. Virtual and embassy, all okay. the links to everything that, everything they've got is there at Virtual Embassy. And you can go to the Great Registry uh, to look at the paperwork and the groundwork that they've set up. And actually the groundwork that was there, but they just corrected it. Um, Because none of the movements and things that people are doing out there are taking any hold or having any traction because they haven't set up the groundwork yet. Uh, they, They don't have a they haven't set a foundation. And your authority really is your foundation. Right. At least we're all that getting means... a little ed- educated now. <laughs> yeah. 
So that means that um, people in Australia or the UK or New Zealand maybe or whatever can join that group um, as a virtual government group. Yeah, absolutely. Outside of outside of um, this, the other government. Yep. Right. Right. The only thing is you're just going to be creating a little bit more work for them because they already have on their contacts list and the the people that they are in communication with all the time, they've already got like Secretary of State Tillerson, uh, the various governors, the heads of different associations, the bar, da-da-da. They've got thousands of people thousands of these people they've already got in their contacts list. That just means they're going to have to go and build their contacts list greater for some of these other countries. That way, if there was anything to happen um, to one of their trustees in one of those other places, then they can just write to them and say, hey, listen, you're messing with one of ours, you know, back off. And so far from what I've seen, every time they've done that, um, the other side has backed off, and let alone people that have gone and joined up with us and have accepted this as being the legitimate government that they're going to follow. Excellent. Thanks. And the benefits of that, would you would you like to say for people? Uh, the, the benefits, benefits of it? Well, I, yeah. Yeah. well, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, the, the benefits that I've always looked for and what my goal has been was the mandate that was given to us in regards to Babylon and we were told to get out of her. And this Babylonian system, this Roman system, is what's running America, it's what's running New Zealand, running England, running Australia, running Canada. And uh, we were told not to be following that and not to be a part of it. Um, we can be in the world, but not of the world. And right now, yep. they are the world. And so my goal has always been to get out of Babylon. You know, Babylon's going to have its war going on. It's going to be doing what it does. And until the very end, it's not going to collapse. It's not going to collapse until the, the Creator decides that it's time. But until that point we can get out of her and we can separate ourselves from her, you know, and that's my attitude. They want to have their little thing running somewhere. Go ahead, go for it. Have fun. Just count me out. Uh, you guys yeah. are the Dallas Cowboys and, uh, I know it's just the Detroit lions and they don't win anything, but that's what I play for. I don't play for your team. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. <laughs> I got a little confused because I thought because I was in Australia, um, you know, now you've made it clear, that's great. Right. And like I said, Thanks. you know, governments are just a concept, it, you know, and it's just a way of life that you're going to decide to live. Uh, just like, say, any spirituality is, you know. If you want to believe in Yahuwah, you can believe in Yahuwah no matter where you live in the world, you know. That's a good way to put it. Yes, I hear you. Yeah, if people want to believe in Buddha, any country anybody lives in, they can go ahead and believe in Buddha if they want, you know? Yeah. Because it, it operates within you and it operates within your mind. And 
it's the fruits are seen by your actions and what you do. Yep. And if you've proved in your actions by what you do, because my lifestyle um, <clears throat> has been documented as a naturopath, homeopath, um, right from conception with my children, where I had to, I got sort of shoved in the system, um, and it's been noti- noticed, noticed, and um, so I think that I maybe um, have already stated the fact that I do not want to live in this, and I have had a bit of a hard time. Uh, because of that, but now I feel um, it's time that I um, invested in a group who, with a similar, a similar spiritual and um, construct, I would say, as to my sort of lifestyle, my way of living. Does that sound fair? Oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I did want to say as well that, you know, as far as the government of the United States of America goes. Well, what they what they want, and the reason why you don't see billboards or newspaper ads or anything like that, well, number one, it would be against the law of nations for one country to go and try and pluck, say, citizens from another country or anything like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That they are, they are there for those that go and look, those that go and seek. You know, in the scriptures, says if if you seek, you will find. You know. And it's those that actually look for the truth and really find the truth. Right. And those are the people they want coming to them anyway. They want the people that are really looking and trying to find what is the real true way out and the way of correcting our status or correcting things. And because those people will find them. Now, they don't want somebody, for instance, that is just looking for a shield of protection because they're going to get sentenced to prison in two months. That they don't want those people yeah. to come to them because they know that, you know, and we see the same thing in tactical sovereignty. And I, and I see people that call me and say, uh, that, oh, I've got a court coming up in a month or something. What do I do? And you brainstorm with them and you figure out the details and what their best route to go in in order to protect themselves is. And then once that court date comes and um, they get their slap on the wrist or whatever happens, those people disappear. You don't hear from them again anymore. And and that's not what the United States of America wants. Um, the government for the United States of America wants people that truly in their heart know that they have to get out of Babylon, that something is very wrong here, and this is not the path that we were directed to follow by our Creator because those people that come to them, no matter what goes on in and out of their life, they'll stay with them and they'll continue on to help strengthen the Republic. Yes. And that's the ultimate goal, is to make it stronger. Not, not just to help a few people so they can take off and run about their merry way afterwards, but though to really build what was really supposed to be done in the first place. Yeah. I have a lot of that with natural therapies. Um, and now I'm very selective in who I um, will take on to... I'll assist anybody, but um, who I will actually take on because they will actually turn on you um, when when they're all fixed. You know what I mean? Or when they fix, you know, when you've get guided them to help themselves. I've had quite a few people just turn on me really nicely, eh? and I just now I scrutinise through um, <clears throat> in, intuition as to who I actually take on, so I can understand um, their setup completely. 
sounds like the way for me to go. I don't yeah. Know. yeah, those people take off and they don't actually display their gratefulness anymore. <laughs> well, some of those actually um, turn around and really get spiteful. And I, that's the hurtful part. It doesn't hurt anymore. But I used to say, how can you do that after I've helped you for 25 years? And now I just don't worry about it. Just say whatever. Just very discerning on who I actually take take on to assist. And this is all part of natural therapies at any rate um, because it's, I call it source um, guided. And um, those people have no, in, no real interest in, in that. So everyone to their own. Right, you're exactly right, Cheryl. And what it is really is it's a natural, I don't want to say natural, it shouldn't be natural, but it's a human instinct <laughs> that when people feel like they owe somebody something and they don't want to give up anything, even though they feel like they owe somebody something, uh, they get a sense of guilt. And that sense of guilt in their mind makes them uh, strike out in a bad way towards you. They do. And it convinces it, that's their way of convincing themselves that they shouldn't give you anything or they don't owe you anything. You know, uh, that, that's how they rectify things in their own heart. As twisted as that it sounds, it's kind of the way yeah, it works. I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it a lot. All right. Um, well, we're hitting two and a half hours here. Was there anybody else that had a question or a quick statement before we get this call? Um, I think I think I think we all owe it to each other, you know. It's like the whole world, you know. We all owe it to each other to kind of like drop the walls, figure things out, come together as like one big family, and you know, create a whole new world. That would be lovely. Right. I'll hold it. I'll hold it. I, I, I think it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it's possible. Yeah. Yep. Thank you, thank and, you, Brian. Absolutely, thanks for coming on. Uh, and I, I've said this over and over that everything that happens really happens at the grassroots level. And even you look at Obama when he first ran, people didn't think he would ever be able to make it. He hadn't been in politics very long. And what he started was a, a grassroots campaign, and that's where his real strength came from. And that's the only way anything is going to be fixed here. It's never going to be fixed by voting in a figurehead like Trump or whoever, it's impossible to bring in somebody to go and fix things for us. We're never going to be able to bring in a hero. The only place that hero exists is inside you. And that is the only way anything is ever going to be fixed is on the individual level. You've got to take care of yourself and your status first before you can start helping other people. You've got to start building that grassroots level. Uh, it's just like when you're on the airplane, and if you're with a child, you know, and they instruct you. If anything happens, you put the gas mask on yourself first. You put the oxygen on yourself first, rather. <laughs> gas mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you put the oxygen <laughs> on yourself first, you know, because what happens if, you know, you're trying to get it on your child, and you pass out, and both of you end up dying, you know. You've got to take care of yourself first before you can go and help other people. Yeah. Yep. So, well, uh, excellent call, and it was well represented, uh, pretty much around the globe tonight. 
Uh, okay. Evangelina from Holland on. Uh, Cheryl from Australia. She's normally on here with us. And so it's a beautiful thing. Uh, great story from Nene as well. And being able to go in pro se as long as you've got something to stand on. And that's what it's all about is creating your standing because they pulled that rug off from underneath American people a long time ago. So, well, with that being said, um, like I tell everybody every call, you've got to find out where you're really from, where you're really at, and most importantly, who you really are. And that has to ultimately be done in order for you to correct anything. So have a good night, everybody. All right. Good night, Brian. Thank, Thank you. you Brian. Thank you. Good night. Much good love, night. people. Lots of love. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Good night, Brian.